Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing. Testing, testing. Anyone out there? I don't know. <laughs> I do query sometimes, I have to say. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. And Good. it's not just a new year. It was your birthday yesterday, wasn't it, Sarah? Yes, I'm a little bit old <laughs> now. I won't say how old, but I am older than a few days ago. I think I'm older than you. I think you might be. Yeah, oh, okay. Straight about, off the bat, yeah. I, no, I think so you, you are it. a couple of years, not much. couple of years. Not much yeah. in it. So what did you mm. do on your birthday? Anything special? I saved um, Gremlins till my birthday. It was um, the movie choice of the day. <laughs> In other words, I hadn't got around to watching Gremlins over Christmas, so I saved it till, <laughs> till my birthday. I pretty chilled. I uh, went for a nice meal with the Mr. Sarah. The Mr. <laughs> the Mr. Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> and did you have a nice Christmas? I did. Very, again, very chilled with family as well, friends, usual celebrations and ate far too much. Uh, didn't drink far too much but because I don't drink so much now. I think I went the other way in lockdown. I went into no, not drinking as much, whereas other people drank a lot during lockdown. I kind of stuck with it, really. How about you? It was nice, actually. It went, I mean, I had a the time between New Year and Christmas off work, so... It felt like quite a long break, actually, by the time mm. I went back. It was quite nice, all very relaxed, got out, had a few drinks now and again, ate far too many celebrations and Quality Street, the usual. Yeah, uh, and I'm still but... eating them, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I've got none left. It's quite You've got none left, really. you ate them all. <gasps> well, we did get to the bottom of a biscuit box, and then my husband retrieves another one today from the garage. Oh, so you've like, got to love that. And we're like, oh... Okay, we're, we're supposed to be eating a bit healthier in, in January. But it just goes mince... out the window because his birthday is this, this month as well. So You're still eating mince pies? Got any spare mince no, pies? We have got mince pies, but no, I'm not eating them. <laughs> I need to check the date on the box, actually. I wonder if they've gone out of date by now. We Yeah, we did. We, did we make, we didn't make any this year. We just bought them. But we've, uh, we're having our kitchen done, which completely is a shell right now. So we are preparing food on stairs and on sofas and, and things like that. So uh, we're improvising whilst we have no kitchen. Very good. So there's been a heap of films and TV programs out over the Christmas period. And I know you've watched quite a few and I've, I have too. So maybe we, we go to that first. And then I've got a quiz. Ooh. A new year, new films quiz. New Year, new okay. I think it. Uh, to be honest, I think it's fairly easy. I think you're going to get five out of five, but no, no oh, pressure okay. on you. <laughs> okay. So, what have you seen over the over the festive period then? Obviously, been to the cinema, watched Avatar: The Way of Water. So, come on then. What did you think? I I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was stunning. I really enjoyed it. Got five out of five on Empire. I don't think it was as good as the first one necessarily, but that was all very new, very new way of filming as well. And what I did like about this is, again, they've gone the next level. They've actually got a, a human being, Spider, who's in with this animated CG. So, And, and it's just, um, I think the whole thing's really, really good. I'm not going to go into detail, but what do you think as well? Oh, I was exactly the same, exactly the same. I kind of knew that it was completely polarising 
film in terms of like reviews. So I went in, I think I mentioned it before, I wasn't really expecting incredible story plot and all that stuff, but I was just looking forward to the full big screen 3D immersive experience. And it completely delivered on that. And I just really enjoyed it. I mean, he's very binary, James Cameron, in terms of stories. You're not going to get anything that's too in-depth. But I just, I don't know, I just thought all of that story and plot was, I thought, was really well done. The great thing is, you never, you, you're never going to ever lose track of where you are in a story yeah. from James Cameron's. It's, it's more purely about the spectacle. It always is, I think, and how he brings those sci-fi elements to the screen. And I didn't realise, like, when I got back, I'd be interested to see how it has been reviewed because I hadn't seen any reviews. I think I just heard that, you know, some people liked it, some people didn't. And I looked at Empire and saw that they'd given it five stars and they gave the original Avatar five stars as well. But I think some of the, uh, you know, some of the broadsheet critics, I think, were a bit sniffy. But I, I loved it. I really I loved, loved it. it. I think it's not, and it's nice to have another the sequel to be as pretty much as close as really good comparison to the the first one. Yeah, and, and it's, also it's, the the running time, which will probably put a lot of people off who are maybe borderline yeah, wanting to go. Yeah, that's I, true. I was a bit concerned about that, and not once did I ever think, "God, this is dragging," or not once, yeah. you know, did I look at my watch? It seemed the right length to me for what yeah. it was. A lot of people, I think, have said that he's he dwelt on some elements of it for far too long. For example, when when they have to go to the other tribe and learn the ways of the water, all that stuff. But for me, I loved all that. I mean, yeah, you, you, I did I, as you well. just kind of just get lost in it, don't you? Yeah, you do. And you kind of, I mean, you, they have to adapt. And then some of it is quite funny to watch how they, how they adapt to the new tribe. And yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was beautiful as well. Stunningly beautiful. And, and there were some, I think there were some moving parts in it. I think it, did it make me cry? I can't remember. There was one bit. Yes, it did make me cry right at the end. Yes, it did. But I went to say why but it was it was very moving definitely so i mean i would give it pretty much 10 out of 10 as well Ooh. if i was scoring it yeah it was, it was thought, a great I film haven't thought of the scoring but yeah no yeah. I, I loved it uh, and i have to say it would be i think 2022 i don't think there were that many really great movies last year i think we they i mean Maybe they were coming out of the COVID times. Some, you know, some of the the editing had, had started coming out from from those from the pandemic. I know we're still in that pandemic, but it's. I think we've got a bit more freedom than we had before. But I, I would say this film, so Avatar, Nope, Batman, and maybe Wakanda Forever was would be up there for me as well. I think they're the top four for for last year. I mean, there's obviously some other great movies that I know that you've seen and on the on the big screen, and but I I think the rest of mine are all are on demand movies that I can just rattle through in a sec if you want as well. But have you seen any others on the big screen? I saw the menu. I watched that at the BFI London Film Festival. But I, saw I think that that's one. on Netflix or Prime at the moment as well. Yeah. And in actual fact, there's some similarities in a weird way thematically with that and Glass Onion, which we'll review. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be reviewing soon. But no, I, I've only been to the cinema twice over the Christmas period. Uh, that mm-hmm. was Avatar, which I actually saw on Friday, just gone. So only a couple of nights ago. And then last night I saw yeah. a, man, a man called Otto. Which, which looks intriguing. It's got Hanks in it, hasn't it? Tom Hanks. Yeah. 
a kind of a grumpy old man, Tom Hanks, who reluctantly lets people into his life. It's basically a story of him grieving over his wife and struggling to let himself back into the world and allow people to kind of be friends with him. So there's some quite serious elements in there to do with grief, suicide as well. But inevitably, it's a very heartwarming tale. And I really liked it. Really, really liked it. Couldn't be more different from Avatar. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I watched Amsterdam directed by David O. Russell, who brought us The Fighter, Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle. It was on par with some of those, actually. You have to really concentrate and really think about what's going on in the plot. But it's got a really strong star cast. It's got Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, who you may have seen from Queen's Gambit and Peaky Blinders. got Mike Myers, who looked really young. And I thought, that guy looks like Mike Myers. And then my husband looks it up and he goes, it is Mike Myers. I was like, oh gosh, really? <laughs> like, And then there's uh, Taylor Swift. You've got Rami Malek, Timothy Oliphant, and the great Robert De Niro in it as well. So a huge star cast. I think it was a little bit complex. My, I think on that time when I watched it, I was looking for probably like a Sunday afternoon film, really. That sort of washes over me, but you really do have to focus on it. It's about three friends in meeting World War One in a hospital. Uh, Margot Robbie's character um, sort of fixes up uh, Bale and Washington's characters and um, the injured veterans are sent home. Uh, they're all great turned into friends during that period in the hospital and um, eventually they're framed for murder and they wanted to prove themselves innocent but actually uncover some outrageous plots in American history. One to watch, definitely. I was a little bit confused when I watched Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle and I think there's you've got to concentrate, really focus on, on the film. I think that came out at a similar time to, to See How They Run. Yeah, yeah, Mousetrap, yeah. based on the on the That's theater right. production of Mousetrap. Yeah, that so is I, quite good, actually. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, those two films, I was kind of conscious that they were good films, but for whatever reason, I just couldn't get to see them yeah. at the time. So it sounds like it'd be worth worth a watch as long as yep. I'm not in a, not as long as I'm not in a sleepy mood then. And Strange World, watch that as well with Jake Gillinghall, Dennis Quaid, Lucy Liu, Alan Tudyk, who's, who's quite often in animated movies as well, doing silly noises of some sort of creature that happens to be in the film. But yeah, so that's about um, a family of farmers who um, farm electrical crops, really, that can power anything from their farm to to other devices and their crops are sort of diminishing, so they go and explore this new world to try and solve that problem. It's kind of Indiana Jones, Crudes, and Marvel Marvel Universe brought into one. But it really, t- I mean, Disney have really gone to town with inclusivity on this, I feel. Got a three-legged dog, and I think the first time they've actually had one of the main characters is actually is gay as well, which you don't, you ha- I don't think I've seen in any um, Disney movies before. And it also hi- highlights the need for inno- innovative thinking when it comes to energy sustainability uh, crisis that we're, we're going through right now. I was a bit disappointed with it, I'm going to be honest, but the kids liked it, but I just felt there weren't, wasn't any song and dance in it. It wasn't memorable enough for me. Um, so I found it plodding at times, but the kids liked it. It was a good family film. The only other thing that I've been completely glued to, and this is TV, is Happy Valley. I've never, ever watched it before. And I think I heard on the radio some review of the new series raving about it to the point where I thought, oh, 
okay, this sounds interesting. So obviously I had to go back and watch the first two series. So I watched two series, six episodes each, one hour per episode, and I did two series in four nights. I was absolutely completely hooked line Mm. sinker one evening i watched it from like half 10 till half two i actually could not stop watching it so i finally caught up the series that's going on right now yeah that's been my little obsession in the last week yeah i um, i mean we've watched uh jack ryan with john krasinski's jack ryan uh been really good latest series wednesday is fantastic movie if you if your teenagers want to watch something um or even slightly younger in fact um my son absolutely loved it it's sort of comedy crime mystery fantasy all rolled into one very kooky along with the adams family of of course and it it's got jenny ortega who from from yesterday and was in the last screen movie she plays wednesday adams you've got gwendolyn uh christie you may recognize from game of thrones and uh, the recent Star Wars, uh, she was one of the sort of headmistress of this uh, boarding school that Wednesday goes to. And at first she wants to try and break out, but then things go on and happen and people go missing. And there's a monster in the in the local town killing off people. And so she's like, hmm, OK. And she wants to sort of try and solve the mystery. And she's got these psychic powers and everything. It's got Christina Ricci in it as well. Former Wednesday from the 90s films plays a teacher in it. It's got Louis Guzman, who uh, plays Gomez. And you've got Catherine Zeta-Jones as well who t- plays Matusha. it's just it's just a delight it's the colorful it's just really well done really well written uh, so i love that and then actually i've been starting to watch the halo um series on paramount plus now you can get paramount if you've got sky cinema you can get it for free and if you're into sci-fi you like you know star wars star trek sci-fi is generally i think you'll like this and it's based obviously on the xbox game um halo and you just kind of follow what the um the master chief is is up to and how he sort of goes a bit rogue and what and why and follow his journey so that's another good one to watch as well so you can see i've been sat on my backside most of, of the <laughs> christmas break and my birthday so there you go have you got any more no i can't compete with that that's uh <laughs> yeah you've been quite busy just to tell you where Amsterdam is streaming at the moment, it's on Disney Plus uh, and Apple TV. You've got Strange World on Disney Plus. Wednesday is on Netflix. Halo is on Paramount Plus as well. And the other films we re- we reviewed at the beginning is uh, also at the cinema. Lovely, lovely, lovely. So a new year. And some new films coming up. And actually, you know, Gremlins, we're going to review shortly. And, and, and that has got a Gremlins 3 coming out this year. Has it really? 2023, yeah. Which I was a bit like, oh, do they, do they need to do another one? <laughs> like, I, don't, I really don't know. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, I think there's going to be, um, so, so this, this, um, quiz is slightly on, on a par with some of that, really. Okay. You know, so sequels coming up or prequels or whatever. Um, so first, Five questions for you, Rob. Okay. Ding Come dings. on then. Go on. Here we go. In what film do we have Katniss Everdeen as a hero who takes on a challenge in place of her sister? So name the original film. Katniss Everdeen. Katniss. 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 It, it, okay. Is it Hunger Games? Yes. Oh, God, for, God I got so that So they've right. got another Hunger Games coming Ballad of the uh, Songbird is released in November this year, and it's got Peter Dinklage, Viola Davis, and Rachel Zelger. Remember from West Side Story, she's going to be in it as okay. well. So, um, so yeah, that's to look look forward to for this year. Uh, what film 
1981 is of an archaeological professor who ventures to seize a biblical artifact known as the Ark of the Covenant. Well, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Isn't yes, it, it is. So okay, Indiana, good. new Indiana Jones is coming out this year. So oh, Indiana that, James okay. and the Dial of Destiny. I mean, uh, that guy's just got to give up. I mean, really. Harrison you know, Ford's still going. Do you, know, yep. do you know how old, without looking, right, Harrison Ford is? I'm going to put him at 81. Is he? He is 80 years old. Oh, that's close. Not bad. 80. He's 80 years old and he's still, I mean, I know he's not running around in these Indiana Jones films, but I mean, crikey. I know. Fifth, I think this is the thought. fifth one, isn't it? Yeah, so that's coming out. Um, and I think that is later in the year as well. Then we've got um, Name the New Film that Timothy Shamalay, 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 Olivia Coleman and Sally Hawkins will feature in about a, a crater of a certain chocolate factory. Who will Timothy Chamolet play? Chocolate Factory. Yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So what? Yeah. Rob, so Rob he Dahl. was. No. Willy Wonka. Oh, no, no. It's yeah, Willy Wonka. 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 Oh, okay. So Wonka will be released in December, and it's about how young Willy Wonka meets the Oompa Loompas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically, so that's what's coming. Apparently, quite dark. It's seen as. Is it going to be? People have asked. Is it going to be scary? A bit like Joker and things like that. Is this another, hope, hopefully another, not. Hopefully another not. origin story, is it? Mm, maybe, yes. Okay. Uh, another one with Timothy Chamolet. He leads again in part two of the Sandy Planet. June. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where spices like gold and worms are much larger than those in your garden. Yes, June part two in November. Then the next one, Plastic Fantastic film is coming out in the summer, which will feature Will Ferrell, Ryan Gosling as Ken, Helen Mirren and Margot Robbie. Which Barbie. Film? Barbie. I yeah. didn't know Will Ferrell was in that. It was going to be in that. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if they're going to be some singing because he likes to sing these days, isn't he? <laughs> Have you seen the trailer for Barbie? Yes. It's, it's not a cartoon. It's a proper real life. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's going so, to be Anyway, weird. so all those to look forward to. And there's many more as well. And as I said, Gremlins 3 will be coming out and she'll... Shall we go on to Gremlins? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, this is your film, though. It is my film. it up? I will. So Gremlins 1984, it was originally released as a 15. I think it's now a 12A. Proper borderline, I would say, though. Um, directed by Joe Dante, written by Chris Columbus, stars Zach Gilligan, Phoebe Cates and Hoyt Axton. So we have a struggling inventor, a guy called randall peltzer who is in chinatown which is when we join the film and he wanders into this curious antique store and he's trying to find a unique christmas present for his son inside he finds this small furry creature which is called a mogwai and he just has to have it never seen anything like it before Owner won't sell it to him, but you can tell his grandson secretly does. So just as he walks off thinking he's not going to get this thing, the grandson pulls a few strings and off he goes with this furry little mogwai. But before he goes, he is warned uh, about three very important rules when looking after mogwai, and that is not to expose him to the light 
especially sunlight, which will kill it. Don't let it come into contact with water and above all, never feed it after midnight. So he comes home and gives this Mogwai to his son. And the Mogwai is named Gizmo. So Gizmo is completely, is super, super cute. Makes all these like cute little noises, friendly, docile. In actual fact, bizarrely, he was the inspiration for the Furby toy, apparently, which kind of makes sense. Um, anyway, but his young friend Pete comes round and up in their room, he accidentally spills water over Gizmo. Five of these little mini Gizmo Mogwais <laughs> born out of his back. And they reveal themselves as much more mischievous, troublemaking Mogwai, um, led by this aggressive one called Stripe, they call because of the tuft of fur on his head. So obviously, Billy freaks out, doesn't really know what to do, decides to take one of the Mogwais, who is former science teacher, <laughs> who decides to experiment on it. <laughs> this is what it really takes. This is what it really takes a turn, actually. Um, and meanwhile, whilst that's going on, back at home, we've got Stripe and his fellow kind of gang who trick Billy into feeding them after midnight. Um, and so they form cocoons and they hatch and before you know it, they're attacking Billy's mum, who goes at them with a knife and basically all kinds of very borderline, proper, dark, almost horror-like kind of sequences. And eventually, Stripe escapes to the local YMCA, and there he jumps into a swimming pool, which is just turns into this bubbling mass of mogwai or gremlins and at that point they wreak havoc on the village or the town called kingston falls please get involved all kicks off um that's pretty much it why why do i like this uh, uh, purely because i just think it's like i say it's in that gray area of <laughs> teeny kids comedy almost Spielberg-esque. Well, he, he produced it, didn't he? Spielberg-esque. Yep. And yet this real dark, real dark element to it, which which crops up not only in some of the kind of fight scenes, shall we say, but also in some of the themes with some of the, with the characters, Billy's girlfriend specifically. She's a non-believer. Uh, and and she explains in the film why why she doesn't believe in Christmas, which adds a very very serious dark element to the film. I thought, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that that's the main reason I liked it because it's just you, you rarely see that blend yeah, of a film like this. Oh, it, it's what it's 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 one of my favourite Christmas films. I think. I mean, I watched it for the second time for this, but I, I think I'd watched it about six months before with my son and, and I loved it just as much watching it this time around. I just think it's great. Was it, well, what did you think? I, it's funny. Cause I was trying to get my, um, my, my son, my eldest son as well. He's 13 to come and watch it with me. And he, he wasn't interested. As soon as you find out it's an eighties movie, he's like, 
nah. <laughs> it's just really disappointing. I was like, oh, I really wanted to see what his reaction would be to, to it as well. But uh, yeah, I watched it. I watched it on my birthday. It's on. It's on five on demand at the moment. Um, five star on demand. And, um, I know you can get it on other online streaming channels, but I felt it was very similar. The relationship between Billy and Kate was very similar to Marty and Jennifer from Back to the Future. And it, and the whole scenes, the setting looked very similar. So I looked it up and apparently they used the same set as Back to the Future, which was released a year later because this was released in, uh, Gremlins was released in 1984 and Back to the Future in 1985. And um, But it also had that Wonder Vision esque kind of feel as well, where wifey's in the kitchen looking after the family and home as well. And there was a two instances of that with the the, the guy with his snowplow. His wife was very, you know, making dinner for him and and stuff. So it's a bit felt a little bit sexist in in some ways as well. And then it's a bit like Wallace and Gromit. I wonder if Wallace and Gromit sort of stemmed from this film because Billy's dad was creating ridiculous inventions as well, which poor. This poor wife or the mother of Billy had to put up with in the kitchen most of the time with juices, you know, that would splurt everywhere. Oh, it's cutting. the coffee, the coffee. Yeah, like the coffee it, was ridic- yeah oh. it was ridiculous. Yeah. So, so, but it was, it was like almost watching a 70s, 80s cheesy sitcom on occasion. <laughs> so, and even the police, policeman reminded me of something like, um, I don't know, Dukes of Hazard or something, <laughs> something like that, really. But it was a, really the whole thing was a prime case of kids do not listen to their parents. Yeah. Do not do this. Do not do that. And what does he do? He puts Bill's water over it with, with Corey Feldman being in the film as yeah, well, which yeah. is great to see a young Corey Feldman. He must have been about 12 in, in this film. And then, and that was his purple patch. I think his start of his purple patch, um, being a kid, a movie star. Uh, he spills the water and then out pops all these other, all these other little gremlins. And then, you know, don't, don't feed after midnight. But of course, that was a bit of a mistake. But it's, I just wouldn't have fed them anyway. But I suppose they need to be fed. When can you feed them? There was no rule. When can you feed them? I guess it means you can feed them during the daytime, but and during the evening, just if it gets to midnight, then don't feed them around midnight. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess you like, you give them a go to sleep when they wake up and it's a new day and you can feed them whenever. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it was an occasion. Was like also how how oh, <laughs> in real life? If they're in real life, oh, how do God. they know how to do the the carol singing for for Christmas time? Knowing to what to wear, and how do they know how to to wow. do the mechanics of the wow. of the of the Stanner stair lift and. <laughs> which don't, is, don't go, don't go. That's take, probably the most hilarious bit. Yeah, don't go ripping the Stanner stair lift to the park because that is the one the funniest scene I think in it. <laughs> But the lady in that is very similar to, I think, to one of the characters that's in A Wonderful Life as well. So there's lots of different elements coming into play. Oh, there is, totally, totally. And there's loads of... And A Wonderful of... Life was featured in the film as well. Yeah, that's right. And there's lots of things like that. Obviously, the, there's quite a few links to E.T. One of the gremlins says phone home in it. There's a stuffed E.T. The two films yep. playing in the town were called... A Boy's Life and yeah. Watch the Skies. And those two films were the um, working titles for E.T. and Close Encounters. Oh, were they? Joe, Joe, Dante, Joe oh. Dante just decided to put it in because he just wanted to please Spielberg. Yeah. And there was like Twilight Zone posters, 
there was a Star Wars game and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So mm. there, was all, there was all that going they've, on. They've had fun with this film because, I mean, it must have been a bit scary as well when you if you're an actor on this film because they're all it's all done by animatronics it's not no special effects it's animatronics Incredible. and that's and i was looking at it and i was thinking oh, God, the special effects are pretty good and, and then i read up it's animatronics yeah. and 30 to forty thousand per gremlin yeah it's a lot of money they've spent on it as well you but know i i was amazed at how given that they effectively you know puppetry yeah i, I was amazed at how well it ages Mm. You know what I mean? Like, given I, it's, no CGI at all. Given that we watched Terminator not so long ago, yeah, and that was yeah. CG, and we thought mm, that didn't, some parts weren't great. I was expecting the same in this film, but actually, it, it, it did quite. It was quite. It was really good. I thought it it lived up quite well. It's, it's, it still stands. Yeah. So it's still all right. The the kids' hair and everybody's hair. It's got that kind of eighties style about it. But the gremlins are still, you know, they they live on and they they still look uh, present day gremlins. And what I find also funny is that Gizmo, you know, he's a huge hairy mogwai. Um, I didn't realise that mogwai means devil in Cantonese. I know, I know. <laughs> and you know the fact that they just turn into critters after the the food and and, and midnight. But you know they went on to to have Gremlins two, the new batch in nineteen ninety. The the first one was released on the same day as Ghostbusters as well. And um, however, Gremlins cost eleven million to make. Ghostbusters cost three times as much almost as than that. But worldwide gross is one hundred fifty three million for Gremlins, and Ghostbusters made twice as much again for their worldwide gross as well. So they did it did do better. But you know both releasing those were quite spooky films around. Christmas time was a bit unusual, I think. Probably yeah. November time. It was. It's probably sort of Halloween, Christmas time between that period. They were going to try apparently use monkeys, which is not great using monkeys, and we know what happens from the movie Nope. Oh my monkeys. god! Okay, there. <laughs> and that Nope was coming flooding back to me when I read that as well. And uh, the, a lot of this facts and factoids you can find on IMDb, by the way. But uh, yeah, they, they apparently had one test monkey um, who disliked putting the gremlin's head on, so they canned that, and that's why they went to animatronics. But gosh, that costs a lot of money per how many gremlins they had. I mean, Chris Columbus is, was the writer of this film. Joe Dante was the director, and he did Small Soldiers, which I really liked, In a Space I really liked with Dennis Quaid in it. Uh, that's Joe Dante. And then Chris Columbus... I mean, he's done loads of great films like Harry Potter, for example. But Spielberg and Chris Columbus got on very well. And Spielberg was the exec producer for this film. And he looked at various other people to to do the films, including Tim Burton. But Tim Burton was very much in his early career, hadn't done a feature length movie at that point. But uh, they got on very well and they went on to do The Goonies, which is a classic as well. And then also uh, young Sherlock Holmes. Uh, so it's the making of of much more to, that came afterwards. I felt feel Gremlins is, but it's nice to have a, something a bit different on Christmas. It's not all gooey and mushy. It's it's something a bit gritty and um, a bit of fun as well. I would say with the, the most recent film that we've seen, Violent Night, with David Harbour that we reviewed um, a couple of weeks back, it's much better than that. I would say as well. Oh. So um, so yeah. What I was going to say, though, especially you brought up Violent Night. Yeah. Although that was the kind of film it was, Father Christmas in it is real. Whereas in this, we have this scene 
where Kate explains to Billy in this particular moment when they're getting quite close in between havoc raining down on this town that the reason she doesn't believe in Father Christmas is because her dad dressed up as Father Christmas and decided to come go down the chimney and broke his neck. Yeah. And so not only did she lose her dad, it was also the day she just she realized that Father Christmas wasn't real. And when I was watching it, that scene, I mean I I touched on it, really stood out for me. It's like, wow, that's quite that's quite heavy to put in to yeah. put in this. And I wonder why it was put in as well. well it, 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 kind of disconnected. It, it, so apparently the studio executives didn't want it in because they thought it was too ambiguous as to whether it was supposed to be funny or, or sad. But Dante refused. He was really stubborn about it because he thought it represented the film as a whole in so much as you had this combination of comedic stuff and, like, you know, this horrifying stuff. Spielberg didn't like it either, but he thought, well, it's Dante's project, so he allowed him to leave it in. So that's how how that happened. Slightly disconnected, I felt. I thought as well. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well. Anyway. I mean, I loved it. Um, I, I mean, we've got to give it a score, haven't we? So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it eight and a half out of 10 as a Christmas mm. film. For a, right as, a, as a, like, you know, it's yeah. Christmas films, right? Yeah. Uh, what I find is, is odd that I don't, you don't see many of the other characters or the actors that play the characters in, in this film have not really made it after this film, which is quite sad, I feel. I think um, they had a little bit of a purple patch around the time of this film, but nothing later on. Uh, but you never know. It wouldn't surprise me if they're not. They, they're bound to be in Gremlins 3. They have to be in Gremlins 3, surely, as older, maybe grandparents or something. <laughs> I don't know. This so old, so long ago, this film. Or maybe or, or maybe the parents. I don't know. Anyway, um, and I found the music also a bit clunky as well. It's, it sounded Russian. It's like it was. It sounds Russian to me, isn't it to you? I didn't. I didn't really think about that. I mean, I found I found the whole thing just not what you'd really expect. Yeah, I suppose the music goes with it. Bad, bad, bad Russian pop and and clunky. Anyway, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I think it's it's nonsense, but it's iconic at it's the same nonsense, time. But it's iconic. There you go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, seven and a half from me. Okay, so on to glass, glass onion. onion, onion, and it's. Um, I thought it was going to cinema um, when we reviewed it last time, but no, it's Netflix straight to Netflix. I wasn't. And... No, it wasn't. It wasn't straight to Netflix. So Did it go it, out to cinema as well? It, they released it in the cinema for, I think it was just one week. It might, no, in actual fact, it might have just been one weekend. And then it stopped because they wanted to just generate that buzz for when it did actually come out on Netflix. So it did have a very short, very short release at the cinema. Yeah, but it's not there at the moment because no, no, no. my it, cinema listings, it's not listed either. A bit like, um, I guess, Black Widow. And, uh, went to Disney, but this one is out on Netflix. Um, released just before the Christmas time as well, and it's uh, all star cast with Daniel Craig, Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Dave Balusta, Janelle Monae, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., and and more as well. So this is about five friends who are invited to a Greek mansion on a small island. Home of millionaire, multi-millionaire Miles Bron, who Edward Norton plays, and 
they all know Miles uh, from way back when and and really by their friend Andy, who was Miles's genius business partner, who introduced them. And um, they've been invited to play this murder game. They're going to play on this island and where, according in the invitation, Miles is supposed to be killed and is going to be the victim. And uh, they have to try and solve the crime. However, things take a horrible turn and... At the same time, we've got Andy and Miles. You see a bit of backstory. Andy, um, who was his business partner, Miles, had a bit of a falling out, which led to court orders and lawyers getting involved, etc. And um, we discover actually Andy is unfortunately killed before they arrive on the island uh, or before they are invited. But her twin sister suspects one of those that's been invited is one of the murderers as well. So she pulls in, this twin pulls in Benoit Blanc, Daniel Craig, who's a very sort of Southern uh, American sounding uh, detective, and he's very famous as well, uh, to help him solve Andy's murder. And also, strangely, Andy is also invited to join this murder mystery event on the island as well. So he's invited, but Miles is kind of wondering how is he invited at the same time? So it's all kind of two stories, two crimes, really we're going to solve on this island but it's about two hours 15 minutes long i don't know what you thought about it rob yeah i'd love to get your thoughts on it i really liked it i mean i watched the first one and i mean obviously you've got to be into whodunits knives out the original film brought this whole whodunit genre back really into modern cinema and there's going to be quite a few of these and there's a third already in development netflix apparently bought the rights to Knives Out for an, an astronomical amount of money. I think it was something like 160-something million. Cra- crazy amount of money. And Ryan Johnson, the director, obviously, he, he's heavily influenced by Agatha Christie. And we get a lot of cameos in this. Angela Lansbury's in it and various other nods to that whole genre. It's bigger and bolder than the first one. The first one was kind of set in an old mansion house. This Mm -hmm. is on a much grander scale. You've got Miles Brown as this tech billionaire on this island that he owns with, you know, as the title suggests, these massive glass onion constructions and inside it's glamorous. He's He's got the Mona Lisa on loan and he's got his sports car up on the, some mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, Very clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> and as he's introducing all the guests, you see this kind of animatronic creature taking all the luggage. It's like the first one on steroids. It's brighter I just thought it's more dazzling and it's on this kind of sun-drenched island anyway, but the characters are far more colourful, I felt. It's just got way more dazzle to it. I thought Edward Norton was really good in it. It's been so long since I've seen him in maybe a mainstream movie of this kind of type. Yeah. With so much publicity, because he's like, you know, after Benoit Blanc, he's, he's... probably the biggest character in it. I thought he was really, really good in it. All the other characters were just really entertaining. And as well as the opening sequences when, as you say, all the characters are invited to the island through the delivery of this box that peels back and reveals all these little games that they've got to solve before they then get the invite. That was really cool in itself, I thought. But then, yeah, once once you get to the island, it falls into, obviously, that whole... They're there for a murder mystery. Miles never expected Benoit Blanc to be there. So Benoit Blanc kind of crashes the party and ruins the game. 
And then, yeah, then something happens and it's that point where you're trying to figure out what's going on and there's reveal after reveal. And then there's, you know, we cut back in time to see how Benoit Blanc ended up being there. I, I, it's, it's, I just really enjoyed it. I think for me, and I think this is good. I think this is going to be the same with subsequent films in this series. They are cinematic. They should be seen in the cinema because Ryan Johnson is a, you know, he's a great director and he's brought it to a whole new scale. But when I watch it, and, and obviously a lot, most people will, will watch it on Netflix, of course. It, it just reminds me of those Sunday afternoons watching an Agatha Christie film, you know? Ultimately, that's what it is. It's a murder mystery. There's going to be more in the series. And so even though it's on this grand scale, it still has its roots for me almost in television in a weird way. And so I almost felt... You were being spoilt watching a Who Done It on this particular level with these with these names in it. I thought it was yeah, I thought it was smart. I thought it was clever. I gotta be honest, and I felt this with the first one. This might just be purely because we've had so much of Daniel Craig as James Bond. I still feel like I'm watching James Bond putting on this Southern droll accent. I haven't yet quite allowed myself to believe him quite as Benoit Blanc, but that I think that's purely down to the fact that he's come from this massive franchise. And bizarrely, he's come from one big franchise into another in a strange that's way. True, I suppose. I mean, yeah. He's going to do other roles, obviously, but still yeah. he, he's going to be in this. And, and he took a hundred million apparently just for this film, um, mm. as did Ryan Johnson, because it's it's their thing, and they'll carry on doing them apparently and, and until they both get bored of them. I didn't think it was brilliant. I just found it very watchable, very entertaining, uh, very well done, and you know that's about it really. Yeah, I mean, I have to say I, I prefer I prefer the Knives Out series to the Murder on the Orient Express or Death on the Nile that we've seen. They seem much more serious, and this has got a bit of tongue and cheek to it as well. It's it's quite laugh out loud moments on it as well. And Daniel Craig brings that, and Edward Norton does, and and Kate Hudson. She's just Kate Hudson, and it's a very similar role to how she's played before. And um, I I love Kate Hudson. I think she's she's really good fun. And you got Dave uh, Balista, who you know, you know from the Guardians, of the Galaxy, the big strapping guy. He's in this as well. But it was two two hours fifteen minutes. I felt that it was. I wanted to kind of guess a bit more who the murderer was, and it didn't give me that. And I would have loved to have seen a bit more twists and turns, maybe at the end, because I kind of guessed who it was quite early on, and. Maybe I'm just good at this. Maybe I maybe maybe I am Benoit Blanc. Maybe you know, <laughs> but but it was. Uh, I just I just felt it was quite a long time, and they spent quite a lot of time doing the backstory. And I think I would have liked to have honed in more on more of the crimes that were committed. I think so. That was the only thing that was missing for me. I would have liked to have seen more deaths, <laughs> basically. Yeah, well, <laughs> and how they did it, and what and who could have been, who could have done it. I think they could have. They could have teased us a bit more. I think that's probably a fair point. There could have been more deaths, certainly. <laughs> I think, but I think you make a really good point that if you compare it to what Kenneth Branagh's doing with, like you say, Poirot. Yeah. It's the homage, really, isn't it? And he's still yeah. playing in that period kind of piece. Whereas I think Ryan Johnson's done an amazing job bringing this who done it up to date. And like you say, you, you can just see Ryan Johnson and Daniel Cray getting out their little who's who of friends and actors and you can just see each one of these having bigger and bigger ensemble casts mm. you know what i mean and and they'll yeah. 
they will just be mm. good fun. I saw Kate Hudson in an interview on on, on this morning uh, one one day, and she said that uh, the reason why she signed up to do it is because she could see that the 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 cast from the last one had so much fun, and when they were promoting it that she wanted to be part of that. And she was, you know, itching to be, I, I don't know whether she found the director or, or what, but uh, she was itching to be part of it. And um, obviously very much enjoyed working with, with the the cast on, on this film and the cast and crew on this film as well. So it's nice when you hear that, that they've had, had a, they've had a good fun, they had a nice time in, in during COVID times in the Greek Island, I think as well, because I, they were all wearing these masks and Kate Hudson turns up with her sort of holy, holy mask. Mask and I was like, how's that going to protect anyone from from COVID if you've got a mask with loads of holes in it? I, I like, and I also like the way that, <laughs> I like the way that there was that reference to COVID um, at the beginning. But I also thought it was quite amusing that they well, it's Ethan Hawke, wasn't it? Ethan Hawke plays yes, this guy of who, course, who, yes. who walks around and just gives them yeah. a shot in their yes. mouth, which basically means that's it, you're covered, take your mask off. Yeah, off exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and he's like, like, <laughs> and like Benoit Blanc kind of tries to question, he goes, don't worry about it, you're good. As in like, no more questions, COVID's done, off you go, back to normal. <laughs> yeah, if we, you know, if only that could happen, if yeah, only exactly. that could happen. Anyway, so I'm going to give it, just because I really wanted a bit more teasing, I, I'm going to give it eight out of ten, which is a good score because I, I did really enjoy it, and I think it was better than the first one, and I do think it's better than the Agatha Christie Poirot series as well. So, so yeah, that's my score. Yep, yeah, I'm going to give it eight as well because mm-hmm. I I just think it's yeah, it was just really entertaining, yeah, and very well done. What I do like is the fact that. They're bringing out these movies at Christmas. It's something to look forward to at Christmas time now. You know you're going to get an, a really good Netflix movie. What was the first one that happened? Uh, it was, um, was it Birdcage, I think, a couple of years back. And that did, was it Birdcage or Bird? That did really, really well uh, with Sandra Bullock in a couple of years back. And, and then I think because that was such a hit, other uh, companies did it. I think then they had Soul with Disney one year as well. And then um, I think they wanted Strange strange world to be like that on disney for this year and and netflix obviously had glass onion i think we're going to see these more and more i'm just just disappointed though however that prime amazon prime is not competing i haven't seen much from them they've got their great tv series however with with the with the the jack ryan series but um i think it would be nice for them to to compete a little bit with a with a a good film there and another thing just in glass onions favor and another plus point, you know, it is a good family film. It is a good, you know, obviously children of a certain age, but still it's a great, like you say, it's Christmas. Let's all get together and watch a murder mystery. Uh, and, yeah. for that, and for that, it's good. It's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good, good. So um, new film and then also pickings from my, my list this time. What do you want to do first? Should we pick from your list first? Yeah. Okay. So, so last one was a Christmas movie, wasn't it, really? So, so we're back to the beginning, aren't we, really? I mean, it's a new year. Let's just go back to the beginning of <laughs> all genres. I picked thriller, thriller horror. <laughs> Do you know what? I knew, for some reason, I knew you were going to pick something like that. Let me see. What have I got? I imagine you've got more thrillers than horrors. So what number? We've got one to 29. I'm going to go with number seven. Number seven is misery. Oh my god, it's it's misery. Okay, 
I immediately, <laughs> immediately think James Kahn and Kathy Bates, and it's a 1990 film. After a famous author is rescued from a car crash by a fan of his novels, he comes to realise that the care he's receiving is only the beginning of a nightmare of captivity and abuse. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, so about a year or two ago, I remember walking in on someone watching Gogglebox, right? And on Gogglebox... <laughs> yeah. People were watching the famous scene from Misery. Right. And I've only ever seen this film once. And oh my God. I mean, you know the scene. You know There's the scene. There's one right? scene that's There's horrific. There's one scene that is yeah. horrific. And yep. I just got a glimpse of it and it was horrific again. So, <laughs> um, is this Stephen King? Yes. Ah, of course it is. Yeah. Stephen King. Yeah. So, um, this is currently. It's streaming on MGM. Now, how do you get MGM? MGM is linked through Amazon Prime, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, you can buy or rent. You can rent off Sky Store and you can buy off most online channels. So apologies that it's quite limited on where you can uh, to watch it. But I think a lot of people have watched this film before anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sometimes going to happen. It's just random. Yep. It's like there are yep. some films that just aren't quite as widely available. Yeah. to rent as others so um but it is a classic looking forward to that one so the newbie we are going to watch and there's not a huge amount out at the moment because we've kind of i think we consumed a lot of the the films that are at the cinema really but we're going to go for one streaming at the moment on netflix aren't we yeah it's called the pale blue eye starring christian bale a world where mm-hmm. detective is hired to investigate the murder of a west point cadet Stymied by the cadet's code of silence, he enlists one of their own to help unravel the case. A young man the world would come to know as Edgar Allan Poe. So, I mean, I've heard mixed reviews about this, but I mean, it's on Netflix, so it's available for uh, most people to watch. I think most people yeah. have probably got Netflix, so uh, that's going to be the newbie. So, I hope you have a good week, Sarah. Any anything coming up? It's my daughter's birthday tomorrow. Uh, oh, yeah. happy birthday, daughter. <laughs> happy birthday, daughter. <laughs> Gosh, it, it, it's amazing how quickly they grow, isn't it? They grow oh, too fast. It is crazy. She's, so uh, she'll be watching some of these films with us soon. Exactly. Before you know it. She's very close to teenagehood, which is very yeah, scary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is our 70th episode. I know. You're absolutely right. We didn't say it at the beginning, no. did we? No, Seven and I did zero. say last time we'd dress up, but no, we'll do that on 75th or 100th. I think it's <laughs> going to be 100th. Yeah, I think so. We'll do, we'll do, we did that once. When was it? 50th? I think we did. 50th, I think we yeah. might have done it for the 50th. Yeah, exactly. I think we'll I might we'll have even, I, I think I even had black, I think I had black tie on. I think I had. No, uh, you, no, no, you were, you were Blues Brothers. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> as, as good as. That's as I was, as I was. Get. I was Princess Lair. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> My light, lightsaber and buns. <laughs> oh, dear. But I can't believe 70. That's a lot. I know. It's great. And it though. all started in lockdown. It all started in lockdown. I know. And we're when still we're still texted working. me. Yeah. I said, know. do you fancy doing a podcast or movies? Uh, <laughs> all right. And it all not? started from there. It was, yeah, that's good. I've enjoyed it. Been good fun. It- yeah. Right. Well, have a fantastic week, and, and you. Well, be no. Have a fantastic couple of weeks. Two week, couple of weeks. Yes. We'll be back to review misery 
And the pale blue eye, eye or sky? <laughs> the, blue, the pale blue I, eye. <laughs> the pale blue eye. I don't blame you. I was trying to catch you out there because I think I've probably forgotten already as well. Anyway, we'll see how good that is. Right. Have a good one. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.